So we mentioned that the audit strategy is the overall approach to the audit. Then the audit plan is the detailed procedure for the audit. So we said that the audit plan has two components, the audit strategy and then the audit plan. So we want to now first take the audit strategy and find out about the elements of the audit strategy. So elements of audit strategy. There are a lot of elements of audit strategy and we will be discussing all of these elements and they are very important in the undertaking of our work. The first one is audit scope. Audit scope. So that's the first element of audit strategy. Now the scope of the audit simply refers to the amount of time and documents which are involved in the audit. The amount of time and documents involved in the audit. That is what we mean by the scope of the audit. So in a simple language, the scope of the audit simply means how much work must be done or is expected to be done under this assignment. So that is the scope of the audit. The amount of time and documents involved in the audit. So it is how much work that we will undertake under the audit. So when it is a review engagement, then the timing and then the documents will be less. But if it is a full audit, it's a final audit that we are undertaking, complete audit, then the time and the documents are going to be out much. So with review, it's just maybe we are reviewing prospective financial statements. So we are reviewing the budget of the company. Or we are reviewing the uh, performance of the internal control. So the work involved and the time will be short. But if we are auditing the whole financial statement of the company, then much work is going to be involved. So that's the first component of audit strategy, the scope of the audit. The amount of time and documents which are involved in the audit. Two is timing. Timing. Now the timing here, it's not about the connection about what it is here. Now the time we are talking about here in the scope has to do with how long it's going to take, the length of the audit. But the timing here has to do with the time to start the audit and the time to finish the audit as well as the time to visit the client's company. So timing as a component or element of audit strategy has to do with when we're going to start the audit, when we're going to end the audit, and when we're going to visit the client's company. So that is the idea about timing here. So we will look at when to start with the audit, when to end the audit, when to visit. Now, the idea about when to visit the audit is because we would have to communicate with those who charge with governance. We have to communicate with management and those charged with governance. 
with those charged with governance. Now, those charged with governance has to do with the various departmental heads, divisional heads, all those guys are those charged with governance. So, when we are preparing our audit plan, we have to look at when are we starting the audit, when are we ending? And then, when will we be visiting the clients so that we can communicate? Because remember, one of the things in the audit procedure is what? Enquiry. So, when will we visit to go and do, make those enquiries? And then, even if we have a discussion with management, when do we go there? Because our audit should not interfere with the day-to-day -day operations of the organization. So, we have to set time when we can actually get time with the employees, get time with, the, with those child governance right at the start of the audit. So, that is the idea about planning. So, scope. How much work must be done? Timing. When to start, finish, and visit the audit clients. Third, direction of the audit. Direction of the audit. This refers to how the audit company undertakes the audit. This refers to how the audit team undertakes the audit. That is the direction of the audit. Now, the direction of the audit is de depends on two things. So this depends on two things. One, the understanding of the client entity. So understanding of clients. And then two, materiality level. Materiality Level. So, how we undertake the audit, when we do what, when should we do what, is going to be dependent on first our understanding of the client entity, and then second, the materiality level. So let's pick the first one: understanding of the client entity. Now, when we talk about understanding of the client entity. It's very important for us to have a deeper understanding of the client entity. Now, according to ISA 315, that is the National Standard on Auditing 315, it states that in order for us to assess the risk of material misstatement, the audit team must understand the client entity. And it further says that in order to understand the client entity, there are five things we need to note about the client entity. Number one is internal control system. Internal control system. So the reason why we need to understand the client entity is because of assessing the risks of material misstatement. Now, last week I made mention that the risk of material misstatement simply means what could go wrong. So before we can determine what could go wrong, we must first understand the client entity. So the first thing is about internal control system. Now, what are internal control systems? These are processes, procedures, and activities. Processes, procedures, and activities. Designed and implemented by the management 
designed and implemented by the management processes, procedures, and activities designed and implemented by management and those charged with governance and those charged with governance designed and implemented by management and those charged with governance to enable them prepare reliable financial statements to enable them prepare reliable financial statements to enable them prepare reliable financial statements so the processes the procedures the activities that management put in place to enable them prepare reliable financial statements is at the internal controls so the first thing we have to understand about the clients is their internal controls how are things done in the organization so in a simple language the internal control simply means how things are done in the organization simple or in the client's entity that's a simple way we can understand internal controls how things are done in the client's entity we need to understand that because remember we are we are going to be auditing financial statements and these financial statements are prepared from systems so we must understand the systems which resulted into the financial statement preparation. Second, in understanding the client entity, ISA 315 said that we should understand the issues about external factors. External factors. Now, what are external factors? These are factors that are within the environment or industry of the client entity that may cause management to be involved in preparing financial statements with material misstatements. So the external factors are the factors that are within the environment or the industry that a client entity is operating it that may cause management to be engaged in preparing financial statements that are materially misstated. Now, when we are talking about external factors, how do we look at that? The first external factor we can talk about is competition. We must understand the level of competition within the environment that a company is in. What does that mean? If the competition is high, that means that it is likely that a lot of, our, a lot of the company's inventory may be in stock. Or, it is possible that the company cannot sell more because of the external factors. So, if there is competition, this may result or cause management to engage in preparing financial statements that are not materially what? correct. So, we must assess the competition of the industry that the company is in. Second, the laws and regulations. Laws and regulations. Laws and regulations. Now, we must understand the laws that governs that governs the industry that the client entity is in. If there are new laws that are likely to affect the continuous operation of the entity, 
then that may result, that, or that may cause management to prepare financial statements that are materially misstated. For instance, if we were auditing a bank last year or last two years, and the Bank of Ghana has come out with a minimum capital requirement of 400 million Ghana cities. If the company knew that they couldn't meet this 400 million Ghana cities, they are likely to prepare shady financial statements so that they will have huge profit and the profit will be what? Retained. Because I don't know if you are aware, but many of the financial institutions, UBA, Ecobank, just transferred retained earnings and reserves into what? The stated capital. So if there is a new law that is likely to affect the company, then they are likely to be involved in a lot of what? Material misstatement. UBA transferred to the tune of about 392 or 82 uh, million Ghana cities from reserves and retained earnings and some rights issues, I guess, into the stated capital. So as auditors, in understanding the client entity, we must understand the laws and the regulations that governs it. Because if we understand that, we will determine the things that a company can do in order to obey laws or disobey laws. The third thing is about disclosure and provisions. Disclosure and provision. Now, we would have to find out how management has disclosed and made provisions in a financial statement. For instance, uh, there is an accounting standard called IAS 37, provision for provisions, contingent liabilities and contingent assets. Now, what happens is that if, for instance, we are a mining company, and in the next 10 years, after we finish mining, we have an agreement with the government to restore the land to where, how it was. Then the law says that, or the rule is that, we must make provisions for it. But a lot of companies don't make that provision because when you make that provision, it reduces what? Your profit. So we as, as auditors, when we have come into the picture, we would have to find out. What are the provisions that a company is supposed to make and they may not have made? So we need to discuss all of that. And then the disclosure. In, on top of the provision, they must disclose it in their notes. Okay, we have a business with SMSC. It's called related party transaction. We are supposed to make provision for this thing in 10 years' time. We have made it. So we would have to find out, have they made all those provisions in relation to that? All of these things are external factors. Because remember, if government says restore the land to how it was, it is not what you want to do, but it's an external factor. So one, internal control system, how things are done. Two, external factors, things in the environment or the industry that may cause management to prepare financial statements that are materially misstated. Any questions? Okay. Yeah, it, it's the matrix. I don't see any 
Yes. But then, that, so this is where the auditor's investigative uh, technique comes on board, where you look at the landscape of the industry that the company is in. How many companies are there? What's the giant? What has been their financial statement? So this one, not really from the entity you are going to be doing this inquiry. You're going to go outside the entity. So if, for instance, we are in the beverage industry, then you should know that there are a lot of drinks out there. But then, how do we determine? So we're going to measure, and it's going to be judgmental though, but then we will be able to have an understanding of the competition level. So if the company is more or less like alone or producing that thing alone, then the competition will be low. But if you are not the only person producing, then the competition is going to be high. Like for instance, uh, we have special drinks. How do you know about that? Then there are other companies producing. Casapreco has its own collection of soft drinks that is producing. So if we are going to audit company like uh, Special Ice Limited and we are auditing them, certainly the scope of competition in the water, there are a lot of water, uh, filtered water company, there are a lot of drinks manufacturing company or producing company. So certainly we will have an idea of the competition level and then based on that, we will also look at the past financial statement of the company. How has it been? Then that will give us an understanding of what the company is likely to do, whether they are likely to be engaged in some risks of material misstatements. So yes, it is something that we will not see or we may not see, but we are supposed to identify it. We are supposed to identify it. Many a time in this part of the world, companies don't, as you said, document on competition. But Europe and America is not joke. There is a whole department of an organization that is there to just look at the industry, the competition, what their competitors are doing, then they can also find out what they can do to outweigh them. So that is the idea about competition. So understand the control, uh, internal control system, understand external factors. Three, understanding company structure and accounting policy. Understanding company structure and accounting policy. Understanding company structure and accounting policy. Now, the structure of a client's company affects the risks of material misstatements. When we talk about the structure of a company, certainly we are talking about BODs, Board of Directors. Who are they? How is the company designed? On top of that, we are talking about the nature of the business. We are certainly we are talking about um, the operations of the business. Now we need to understand who the board of directors are. What are their philosophies? What are their ideologies? What are their qualifications? All of these will determine how the organization will be what directed and controlled. So if we are going to audit a company and you realize that on the board of directors there is a director there who has been filed or who a case has been filed in the past against being engaged in maybe unscrupulous something, financial 
embezzlement somewhere, then you, the auditor, now will have to be on guard. Because if it happens somewhere, then it is likely to happen here also. So that is the idea about the structure of the organization. Then certainly we need to understand the accounting policy. So what kind of accounting policy is this company using? What kind of accounting policy is this company adopting? We need to be able to have an idea of that in relation to that. So that's the third thing, I, I, I. Understanding the company structure and accounting system. Ivy. We need to understand the company's performance measurements. So what metrics does the organization use in appraising the performance of management? In paying the bonus of management? This is very important. Now, if the organization adopts the profit scheme, Meaning, the more profit you make, the more bonus you take home, then it is likely, not always true, but it is likely that management may be involved in what? Uh, financial material misstatement. What does that mean? It means the more profit we declare, the more bonus we take home. So we have to understand the bonus or the performance measurement scheme of the organization. If it is share-based, approach that is going to be different so we have to understand what scheme does the organization use to measure the performance of the organization that will help us to understand what management is likely to do so if it is a profit base then we as auditors we need to look at how the profit was really calculated then we have to look at how depreciation was calculated we have to look at how provisions were done. We have to look for how the issues about expenses were accounted for. Because management is likely to reduce all of these figures so that they can get the money that they want for their bonus. That is the fourth thing, performance measurement. Then the last thing we are supposed to know about the company is the company's strategy, business plan, and business rates. Company strategy, so number five, company strategy, business plan, and related business risk. So company strategies, Strategy, business plan, and related business risks. So what is, what is the strategy of the company? What is their business plan? What do they intend to do in the future? And what are the risks associated with the business? Number one, if, for instance, the company just launched a new product, and the product they launched failed, what do you think the company is likely to do? Or what do you think management will be likely to involve in? Let's say they launch a new product and their product failed, what do you think they are like, what, what will be the effect of this failure? Okay, so revenue is going to be reducing, mm -hmm. meaning profits will fall because expenses will be higher. 
So what is management likely to do? Let's say you are auditing a firm, and this is a scenario. What, what, what interpretation can you give on the average? What do you think you are likely to say? Don't you think management is likely to do something to these figures, to still position the company in a profitable state, so that at the end of the day they will declare, oh, even though our product failed, we still made a profit. So we as auditors, we must understand what kind of strategy is the business putting in place? What is the business plan? What are the related risks associated with the business? Because all of these can inform us to understand a client entity. This is the first thing we need to understand about direction of the audit. Any question about the direction of the audit?